Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Tuesday, November 16th, and we are back with another episode of The Issue 108, to be exact. Tim is back in the studio after his weekend excursion. How's it going? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Missed Um, you last week, man. Yeah, I miss being here, and uh, try to get back to talking football. Good lord, we have such a good week coming up in football. Um... Just a lot of good matchups. We're, we're split on a couple really good games that we're going to be watching. You got Dallas going to KC. What's that all about? That's going to be good. Um, and then we'll review a little bit of uh, last week as well. Yeah, um, I just want to start out saying sorry, guys. I didn't mean to mislead you there with the whole comment about, you know, maybe it's good that Tim's not here this week because I was more correct on my predictions the week before and I was riding a little bit of a high going in. It was like, I was like, yeah, Tim's not here. It's like, that, which probably bodes better or for your fantasy betting or not fantasy betting, but just like bets in general because I'm more correct. Yeah, and then I got yeah. beat this week. So it was a good week. It was a good week. I only beat by one game. It's fine. But uh, yeah, it was good. Five, four, and one now. Five, four, and one. You I'm get up to four, up. five, and one. Yeah, yeah. I'm sneaking Still. up uh, sneaking up on you there. I'm only one game back of the tie. We're good. Exactly. Guys, Um, go. If you want to be right, right on your bets, go to The Issue Miked Up. Subscribe there. Listen to all of our content we got. We got great bets for you guys, college and pro. Uh, make you some money and win your leagues in fantasy. Yep. Um. So let's get into it. Let's start um, yeah. reviewing with the hits and misses. All right. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of like where where I really want to start here. Um, the first two kind of go together, so we'll start with the with the Patriots. Um, I correctly predicted it. I said the Patriots would would beat Cleveland at home, right? Bill Belichick versus Baker Mayfield. I thought that was kind of obvious. Um, Browns were a little bit injured. You lose OBJ, and yes, it's good that you know you get that distraction out of the way a little bit. But just them releasing him alone was a little bit of a distraction as well. So, I mean, I, I really figured that Belichick would handle um, a still pretty young Cleveland team. And how about misses? Let's go with the Rams. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, we, we had them as our number two team in our top ten. We did that uh, a couple weeks ago. They've since gone 0-2. Uh, yeah. They lost the Titans in pretty bad fashion, and they looked non-competitive against San Francisco, who I think we all can argue – and uh, kind of agree on that they're not really a playoff team. San Francisco's not really a playoff team. Um, they're pretty inconsistent, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. You don't really know what you're getting. And they went out and absolutely trounced the Rams. wasn't even close. Um, was not competitive for the Rams. So yeah, it didn't look something good. to monitor there. Yeah, it didn't look good. And the thing that came to my head was like, look, man, how how are you not winning these games? You have. Like you said before we started the show, they are very star-loaded, yeah, but they still have a lot of stars. Like, yeah. they still had Cooper Cup. I know Robert Woods is out, but they still had Cooper Cup. They still had OBJ. Yes, it's his first week, but still, the dude is, has been a receiver in the league now for how many years? He knows how to run routes. He knows how to get open. Yeah. Like, Matt Stafford, you have everything you need to win a Super Bowl this year. They went out. If a team has ever gone all-in before, we've, we're seeing it right now with the Rams. Von Miller, OBJ, yep. You have everything you need to win. You have no excuses to lose right now, especially t- two teams like San Francisco. 
Yeah, yeah, San Francisco, that's not... Eh. Like, I guess the Titans, I can see how you'd lose, but not in that fashion. And then, yeah, losing to San Fran is not a good look. Yeah. And I'd, losing to the Titans without Derrick Henry, mind you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, well, let's go with uh, another hit here. Baker Mayfield. Um, I've said this before, Baker Mayfield's not a franchise quarterback. He can be an accessory on a good team. Um, if everything is perfect, which things rarely are in the NFL, you're usually missing somebody. You're going on the road with no left tackle. Uh, you know, your offensive coordinator in this in this day and age has COVID. Something, something happens, right? You're never at full strength in the NFL. And Baker just can't win without it being full strength. He's a 500 quarterback. He's 27 and 27 in his career. That just goes to show you, he's average. He's slightly better than Case Keenum. Which is why he's always been in our above average Joe's category or out of it. He's just been slightly out of it, though. I, I think he's somewhere around the 18th best quarterback, which is enough to keep you in the league. Like, I think Baker will get a job, kind of like a Teddy Bridgewater, a Case Keenum, who, after their first stop, they kind of bounce around to a couple teams. Like, Teddy's been to uh, New Orleans and now Denver. He made a stop in Carolina, right? No. We're going into week 11, so I think it's about time. And I'm going to ask the question to you. Do you think... Well, what do you think the chances are right now that Baker gets re-signed to Cleveland? I think it's 0% chance. Based I, off his performance this year? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a 0% chance. So let me just go read you the last couple games. We said this like a couple months ago. We said Baker's going to be playing a lot of guys in his same like bracket, right? His contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, if he loses a lot of those games, it's not going to look good for him. Right, so let's let's just go back to he played... Justin Herbert lost to him and looked significantly less talented. Kyler Murray lost to him, looked significantly less talented. Narrowly beats Teddy Bridgewater, but that was the Case Keenum game. The Browns nearly beat Teddy Bridgewater. That was Case Keenum, so I won't hold that against him. You lose to an old Big Ben. You beat Joe Burrow, which is really, really good. But then you get trounced by Mac Jones. Trounced. I mean, not, not even close. And now you're going to go play Lamar by Lamar. So wouldn't they had the Lions, then Lamar, then a bye, and then Lamar again. <laughs> if you go 0-2 against the, the Ravens, it's absolutely no chance you get signed anywhere beyond like a one-year deal. And if the Steelers beat you this coming time, which I'm not saying which, is yeah, very... I think, I, think, I think it might be the last game of the year, yeah. And it's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't like to bet Pittsburgh, but... That's a pretty Dude, safe bet. I would Cleveland coming Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh. When's the last time they, you know, outside the playoff game and this past year, uh, what's the W, 2020. Outside of that year, Cleveland never wins in Pittsburgh, so. Yeah. Okay, uh, another miss. Let's go with the uh, with the Cowboys. We said that they would be average because they've been average for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. 20 years. <laughs> as long as, yeah, as long as I've been watching sports. Uh, since, since Romo fumbled the snap against... Uh, the Seahawks, when the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Steelers, whenever Romo fumbled that snap, since then they've been supremely average, just a very pedestrian football team, 8-8 eight and eight almost every year, I feel like, um, or worse. Oh, no, they look they look really good this year. They look like they are probably a top 2-3 to three team in the NFC. Oh, yeah. Like, this morning, do you think they're better than the Rams? I feel a little bit, they're at least more consistent than um, the Rams. They're way more consistent than the Rams. Uh, the Bucks go out and lose to Washington. Do we, I mean, do we think the gap is that big? They played opening night, and then it goes, what, a two-, three-point game? Like, is the gap that big with the Bucks? I don't think so. Do I think that they could compete with uh, Aaron and the, and the Packers? Absolutely, I do. So, I, you know, you start looking around. Kyler in Arizona, like, eh, I think they match up pretty well. Right, so you're looking at, at, uh, at Dallas, and they, they could very – whoop, drop my phone – they could very easily be a, uh, a number one seed in the NFC. So we were wrong about the Cowboys. They are not average this year. I think they're a, a really, really good football team. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Dak has looked really good, too. Yeah. he. he I, I would say he's now a top-ten quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, how about uh, another hit? The Steelers, we said that they, going into the season, 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, somewhere around there, right? Well, now, now it could probably be like 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. Now that they've tied the Detroit Lions, who are easily the worst team in football. It's not even close. <laughs> Um, I, I do think that at least Houston does something really, really well. That They run the football well, and they have a veteran quarterback that at least gives them a chance in a lot of games with Tyrod Taylor back from injury, right? Detroit has nothing. I yeah. mean, they are just horrific at every unit. And what do you know? They put up 219 rushing yards on a stout Steelers defense. Or I think even more than that, 200-some yards on a stout Steelers defense. Um, the Steelers tie them. They tried their hardest to give that game to Detroit, and Detroit actually didn't even want to take it. It ends in a tie. Um, 
we said that the Steelers would be supremely average. The defense would be win- be able to win them like eight games, maybe. Um, they're what now five and four? Yep. Or no, five, five, three and five, one. Five, three and one. Five, three and one. And, and they had a chance at the at the number one spot in the AFC North because Baltimore lost and Cleveland lost. And when they needed to win against the Lions they to, to give them the, the number one spot in the AFC North on a season where they don't deserve it, they couldn't beat the Lions. Just like we had uh, had guessed. All right, how about let's go to another miss here. Let's go with the Raiders. Um, we had them at number nine in our top ten teams a couple a couple weeks ago. Oof, um, two bad losses since then, losing in a in horrific manner to the Chiefs. But but also this is a little bit of a, ha- a kind of a hit as well because at the beginning of the year we knew that the Raiders weren't going to be good. I said this is a fourth place roster. This is a fourth place roster. Now they were in first. I think they've dropped down closer to fourth now. Um, the Chiefs are back in first, how it should be. And, and the Raiders are at the bottom. That's kind of where we expect them to be. But I th- actually thought that, you know, Derek Carr coming out and playing really, really good football, looked good to start the season. I was like, hmm, you know, maybe the Raiders are going to prove me wrong. Um, they're doing what they always do. They kind of fall apart uh, as the season goes forward. And the interim coach just doesn't look like he's really got a grip on what's going on. So, uh, yeah, Raiders. Um, all right, one more hit, one more miss here, another hit. How about the bets in the last two weeks? Oh my God! All right, let me Dang. let me grab the the document. They have been phenomenal. Um, okay, here we go. So this was from two weeks ago, I believe. I said Atlanta six and a half over New Orleans. Um, they covered. How about Arizona plus a plus a half point against San Fran? They covered. And how about uh, Cleveland over Cincinnati? Cleveland that was from when they beat Cincinnati forty one sixteen. Another good one. And then you last week. Had uh, Seattle plus three and a half, that didn't hit, but you did have Detroit plus eight and a half, and the Steelers Lions under forty-two. Um, so, guys, you should really, really listen to our bets. Yeah, you should. The, the, the last two weeks, that's what five of six. Um, that's huge. We're no dummies here. Okay, we are no dummies. We will have some upset contenders later in the episode. So, uh, you kind of got a taste of that last week. That. Yeah. Right, let's go to misses. Let's go to Seattle. Oh, God. I, now, I have been saying this for a while, that they don't really do anything well that's not Russell Wilson. Um, they don't run the f- football particularly well. Their offensive line's not great. Their drafts have been very iffy. Um, from a defensive head coach, their defense just gets worse and worse. Uh, Jamal Adams was not worth two first-round picks. They don't have a pass rush. Uh, you know, their receiving core's kind of spotty, although we do think DK is a star. Kind of spotty. Um, well, they lose 17 nothing to uh, to the Packers in a horrific display of football. I know Russell Wilson was rusty and coming back, but still, that was horrendous. They don't do anything well. And uh, yet, I still thought Russ would be able to carry him to maybe maybe first place, and that is just not going to happen. Yeah, um, and if they've proven anything this week, it's the fact that when Russell Wilson is not playing good football, they have no chance of winning as either, a yeah, unit Either not him. playing or not playing good football, yeah. yeah. Like, Russ has to play out of his mind every week for them to win. He's the only thing that keeps them afloat. And when he has a bad week like this, like, let's not read into this. I've seen a lot of noise on social media saying and just banging on Russ. I'm like, all right, guys. First week back from injury. He, this is a career low game. We saw what happened with Aaron Rodgers week one, and you guys were all ready to crown him worst quarterback in the NFL. And what has he done since then? Okay, Russell Wilson is an is a great quarterback. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame. There's no question about it. Yeah. Don't read too much into it. He'll be fine. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right, those are our hits and misses. Uh, for week, oh god, what are we in? We're going into week eleven. Yeah, so, so that was for week post, 10. post week ten into week eleven. I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, the Rams. So, like I said, we had them at number two in our power ranking. They've lost really, really poorly um, both games. I think it's because they're they're a little bit star loaded. Now you would argue, well, but they still have the stars. But also, you look at a guy like Robert Woods, role player, great blocking wide receiver. Good in the slot, goes across the middle, makes the tough, gritty catches. That's like four or five plays a game that you just can't replace. They don't have a guy to replace that right now. I get that you signed OBJ. OBJ is an outside receiver. He's not a slot receiver. He could. Now, don't get me. He's a freak athlete. Been in the league for, what, eight eight years now, seven, eight years? So he, he could play. I'm not saying he's incapable of being a slot receiver. But he's not one of the top probably three slot receivers in the league, which Robert Woods is. Now, he might not show up on the stat sheet, but like I said, his blocking, his willingness to go over the middle, his unselfish play. 
Robert Woods is a really, really good slot receiver. You can't replace that. Yeah, and I 100% agree. The thing, though, is, like, the problem is, if any one of those guys goes out, their team's just falling to shambles. Exactly. Like, like an Aaron Donald. Yeah. You're telling me, so, like, if Aaron Donald went out right now, what do you think would happen? You, you think their, their defense, defense would, would look be half si- as good? No, it'd be significantly worse. <laughs> Even with Vaughn Miller getting there, he's more of a situational guy at this point in his career. I don't think he's a guy that goes in and plays three down football and gets after the guy, uh, the passer, you know, maybe has to drop in coverage a little bit because he's out on the edge. I just don't see Von Miller as that guy. I do see him as a, hey, it's third and eight. This team's going to have to pass. Go rush the passer. Yeah. Now, I also do see it, though, that the guys on this team are so good. Like, Matt Stafford is really good. So talented, yeah. He should be able to win games against San Francisco even when, you know, his number one guy's out. Like, you still got a lot of other dudes to throw to. You still have a pretty dang good offensive line. Yeah. You have... Decent backs. Yeah, I would say... Darrell Henderson, Sonny Michelle, they're average. I'd say they're average. B to a C-plus backfield. Yeah. Like, you have other pieces. If you're as great as you say you are, and this team is supposed to be as great as everyone says it is, you should be able to go out there and win those games even when you're missing, like, one, two guys here and there. The Steelers have to do it every week. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, I guess they they have been. The Rams are doing a little bit better right now because they're seven and three. Steelers are what five, four and one. But I get what you're saying. And uh, I will say, Matt Stafford. I don't know if this is the reason. I'm not Matt Stafford. I'm not going to pretend to be Matt Stafford. I don't play in the NFL. I never have, so I don't know exactly what he's feeling. But he's never handled. He's never really had success to have any experience handling success. There's a lot of big expectations in LA. Notice how he's thrown significantly more interceptions. He had two this past week, or last night, I guess. He had two last night, and he had two the week before. Two of them have been returned for pick sixes. Is he pressing a little bit? Expectations. Um, you know, finally getting success. Teams are, you know, I guess, queuing to stop him a little bit more. Like, so, expectations, I think they're I think they're a little bit high for, uh, for Stafford right now. I think he's pressing. I think... I. There's a lot of these picks. He's spinning. They're like Jared Goff-type plays where he's spinning, about to go down like in the end zone for safety and just chucks it up in the middle of the field. Like, what are you doing? Why You don't need to make that play. Live to fight another day. Let's just go down. Live to fight another day. Um, yeah, it, Like I said, they're too top-heavy, and it looks like Matt Stafford is having a little bit of trouble handling the success and the expectations. And You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um... And, I mean, that's just not a great sign, especially if, especially if you're looking for a veteran guy that was supposed to come in and kind of calm things down and then try to lead you to some playoff wins. Um, I mean, another thing to go off of that, you've talked about how many interceptions he threw. Can we just speak on for a minute how many interceptions were thrown by good quarterbacks this week? Brady had two. Stafford had two. Um, I'm trying to think. There were a couple others. Yeah, my, it was oh, like the week phone. of interceptions. Drop my phone. Hold up. <laughs> I think Ross had Ross had one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not the not ideal, not no, ideal. Not at all. It was it was just weird to me. I mean, was, I was looking around, and then they started awful. talking about it, and they were like, "Yeah, guys, there's a lot of interceptions being thrown around the league this week." And then they showed it on Monday Night Football. It was sl- sloppy football. That Steelers Lions game was almost unwatchable. Yep. Um, what's Derek Carr had a pick? Derek Carr had a pick. Huh. Um. Yeah, so that's actually a perfect segue. Let's let's segue into this this Steelers game. Oh my God, they're horrific. <sighs> so I I was a little bit confused. Mason Rudolph came out humming, throwing the football downfield. They're they're throwing good, solid, outbreaking routes. He's timing, rhythm, getting them in the flow of things. Right, they're running the football. They're keeping them off balance. And then they played the worst three quarters of football I think I have seen in my entire life. And Detroit totally dominated the line of scrimmage. No, he wasn't even close. Our yeah. offensive line looked lost. Our defensive line was getting pushed around. They were getting ragdolled. 219 rushing yards, and I think that was the stat that they threw up in like the fourth quarter. There was still the rest of the fourth quarter and overtime. I'll have to, I'll have to pull up the, the actual stats. Um, it was actually insane watching. Um, I could not be happier that I turned down tickets to go to that game. Yeah. Um, You're lucky. Yeah, I, I, was, go, thank I, God. I was thinking about it, and I was like, um, 
Nah, I was like, it's supposed to be pretty cold. We're probably going to beat the lines pretty bad, whatever. And then we were actually, I was right last week on the podcast when um, the show last week, I think it, we put it on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday night. And I said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the if the Steelers get beat by the by the Lions. And we started talking about it a little bit. And I was like, you know, Pittsburgh always seems to make these games way too close and barely win and or they lose, like what happened with Jacksonville in the playoffs like four years ago. Yeah. So they have they just have I, a way. I, I was watching and I was after the first two drives, I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. After they just walked down the field on us over and over and over again. Yeah. Their backs were running inside zone, nothing fancy. Our, our linebackers couldn't adjust to it. Devin Bush looked horrible. Oh, he had such a bad day. He was He had such bad. a bad day. Yeah, we gave up 229 yards on the ground, almost 6 yards a carry, 5.9 yards a carry. And Devin Bush is supposed to be the guy that we drafted to stop the run mainly. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> that that pick is starting to look shadier and shadier every uh every passing game now. Um yeah, I, I think the main thing, you look at the stats, right? We had more total yards. We had more yards of play. We had more red zone. Uh, you know, we were in the red zone more. We moved the ball more efficiently. We had more passing yards, right? Now, they killed us in rushing yards, but, that, you know, that's fine. We, we had an overall advantage in total yards. And then you get down to turnovers. Two fumbles lost, one interception. Detroit didn't turn the ball over at all. When it, it, I get These Steelers players, oh, it was a monsoon. Okay, Jared Goff was in a monsoon too. And Jared Goff is known for giving you the football. Jared Goff's greatest strength is not even a it, it, His best attribute is for opposing defenses because they get a lot of turnovers. Did you see that Miami game last year? When he was still when he was still under under Sean McVay and he looked horrific. That's when McVay probably decided in his head that, okay, we're done with this guy. He gave him that game. How can you not force Jared Goff into more turnovers? It's Jared Goff. He went 14 for 25, 114 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. Completely pedestrian football game. Just handed the ball off pretty much the whole time. You have to force him into a mistake. When we got dudes like Minka. You have to force him that, into a mistake. You're telling me that Minka couldn't snag an interception? You're telling me that I, Cam Hayward got stopped by the Detroit Lions offensive well, line? He had two sacks, actually, but nobody else did. Nobody else had any sacks. Well, not actually, but because uh, I think TJ Watt had one, and... Who else had that sack? And uh, Terrell Edmonds had a sack. Our linebacking core looked horrible. Alex Highsmith looked yeah, terrible. Yeah, he, he had that one tackle for loss. Then from there on out, it didn't look good. No, I don't want to sit there and rip on our defense too much because at the end of the day, they held him to 16 points. But you have to force a turnover from Jared Goff. He is famous in the NFL for giving you the football. He's 0-15-1 now without Sean McVay. And you're that one. You're that one team that couldn't just bury this guy. You couldn't just bury him and make him own 16. And Mason Rudolph, oh my good God. He, he needs to learn to actually put some zip on the football. Why did every pass seem like a touch pass? Yeah, it was a touch you gotta pass. you got to rip that ball. You have to rip that football. I get that it's wet. You play in Pittsburgh. You didn't prepare for this? <laughs> you play in Pittsburgh. Come on. You. Get... It rains here all the time. It's weird if it's not raining. The Lions are a significantly worse roster with a significantly worse coaching staff and a significantly worse culture and they came into your house dominated you for three quarters and you escaped with a tie that's horrific i mean that's that that's horrific um so what they get the chargers this week monday night football oh that was sunday night football i'm sorry just if you're keeping track that was the last easy game um for the next, like, six weeks, No, I think. that's it for the season, for easy games for Pittsburgh. Let me just roll through this last little bit of the schedule for you. Let, you tell me what you think. So they just tied with the Lions. Next week, they're at Los Angeles playing the Chargers. Yep. And then they're at Cincinnati playing the Bengals. And then they're home against the Ravens. And then in Minnesota. And then home against the Titans. And then at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. And then home against Cleveland, and then finishing the season at Baltimore. So you have the Chargers, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the, Chiefs, the Browns, and then the Ravens to finish it off. 
those are all losses. So what, they're 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 five, three, and one right now. Uh, I think they're probably still two of those games. I mean, seven, nine, and one. That feels about right to me. About seven, nine, and one feels right to me. So our predictions hitting. Yeah. Well, what would we say? We said eight and nine. I think. Let me check. Um. I. I I don't know what you do with this team. I really don't. Um, you definitely have to go get a quarterback in the offseason. That's not <clears throat> what's that? We predicted ten and seven. Yeah. I think you talked me into that one. Good lord. <laughs> ten and seven. Yeah. Alright. Um yeah, they're not getting to that. Uh <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be seven, nine, and one most likely. Um, like I was saying, I, I don't know what you do about this team. I think you, it's clear you got to go to the quarterback, whether it's in the draft or via free agency. Phil, uh, Phil Dracovic is a great is a great option out of Boston College, and I think he'll be there in the late first round. We'll talk about him next segment. Oh, that'll be so that 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 would be amazing. Now that would be amazing. Um, I think also you have to look at do at least do your due diligence on a guy like Russell Wilson, who's not a hundred percent happy in Seattle. And I know that that uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Aaron I, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, maybe. But I think Aaron now, after seeing Jordan Love be pretty bad, knows he has all the leverage, and he'll probably squeeze every penny out of uh, out of Green Bay and probably stay there. Because I think if Jordan Love goes out and actually competes, and there's actually questions raised about, oh, is Jordan Love the next guy? Then I think Aaron's like, I'm not sticking around for this. I'd rather just go start fresh. But at this point in his career, knowing he has leverage, I don't I don't see him leaving as much as I might have thought. You know, a couple months ago, definitely, definitely do your do your due diligence on a guy like Ross. Um, even if you have to go with a bridge guy, if you don't have a shot at Phil or something like that, um, look at a Teddy Bridgewater. I I wouldn't mind giving like Drew Locke a look, right? If Drew Locke's not the guy in Denver, I wouldn't mind giving him giving him a year, right? Um, I mean, who knows? You signed Dwayne Haskins for no reason. The guy's talented. There's no doubt about it. I don't know why we didn't play him. At no point watching Mason Rudolph struggle. We know what Mason Rudolph is. You know what I mean? Like, let's at least let Haskins try to prove something. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Rudolph showed us anything that we didn't know about him. I mean, like, like I watched him move around like a robot. I watched him be. Did did it look like his mobility is the same as Ben Roethlisberger to you? Even the way he like moves and runs around the pocket, it's the same, Outs- and it's horrible. Yeah, outside of that one long run he had, everything else was very robotic, not dynamic at all. He stares down his first target too, the whole route. <laughs> He's not a very good quarterback. Um, I think we should stop trying. Yeah, I, I would have given Haskins a look. I think I think Desmond Ritter is a guy that I'm watching a lot of film on right now. He, I like him a lot. Um, I don't see he's getting a lot of hype as a as an early first round guy. Personally, I don't think he's worth an early first. I think he'd be worth more of a late first. Um, so if other scouts, you know, or well, if scouts in general, I'm not a scout, but if if other people see that as well, and especially the scouts, um, and he would end up falling, I wouldn't mind still taking a look at him. Um, I I'll have a whole scouting report on him. Uh, you know, once we get closer to the draft process and everything like that, because I've been watching a lot of film on him and uh. Dynamic, that's to say the least. He's got mobility. Ben doesn't, so you know. But uh, yeah, also Phil would be a good one. I am uh, kind of starting to watch the film on him. We'll see. Um, all right, yeah. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into a little bit of Phil and and what I think of him. And uh, God, he had a really good week. Lit it up. Had pro really football, did. pro football focus player of the week um, for college football. And we'll also review the rest of the games um, from uh, last week. Hey guys, what's going on? It's the guys over here at The Issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through Phoenix Fitness, spelled F-N-X, capital F-N and X. Use code TJ2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to FNX.com. TJ2021, it'll get you 15% off store-wide. Go out and get yourself an AM protein blend. Just drank mine, Orange Dreamsicle. My personal favorite flavor. And then at nighttime, you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas, as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend. It's a PM blend. Spice and melatonin in there puts you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness.
All right, we are back. Second segment of the issue. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Let me just get a double check here. Well, beautiful isn't sunny and blue skies, but no, no, no. But it's like it's like forty. It's like forty, which is pretty warm for November and Slippery. It's 41 degrees. All right. And in the sun, it probably feels even warmer. Let's see what the feels like is. It feels like it's 39. Right, 39. <laughs> that's a load. I'm in a, I'm in a crew neck with nothing underneath. That That's definitely a lie. It feels really good outside. I'm excited to be in Lexington, Kentucky. I want to be tomorrow. Like 50 instead of 40. 70. Try yeah, whatever. 70. <laughs> whatever. Um, it's a beautiful Tuesday. Sun is shining. Birds are chirping. Football, football is talked about. Yeah, football, <laughs> football is to be discussed. Um... Alright, let's start real quick. Let's just go over just a couple of the games that shocked us and uh, from this past week, and then we'll get into a little bit of Phil. I'm talking about Baker as well. You know, I like to rip Baker a little bit, um, and then we'll give you uh, uh, in the in the third segment. Then we'll give you some upset picks um, to look for for Week 11, and then obviously all of our picks for Week 11. Okay, so let's start with uh, that that weird Thursday night game. Okay. Um, so the Dolphins kind of like dominated the Ravens it wasn't all that competitive anytime after like the second quarter and the second half was all Miami um so Jacoby Brissett gets hurt two ends up coming in look I think this I know people you know all the two lovers are gonna kind of throw this in my face because uh, oh he comes in and wins the game for him I think this helps my case a little bit I think this shows that I don't think he is a starting caliber quarterback I think he's a great backup right you bring him in, he provides juice. He's definitely would be a, an upper-end backup. I, I think he does deserve another chance to at least be like a, a one-year bridge type guy, see if he can, you know, rejuice his career a little bit. Don't get me wrong, I think he deserves that chance. But I think overall you're looking at a skill set that's a little bit more suited to a backup. He's not all that dynamic. So from a starting quarterback uh, perspective, I don't think he has enough special in him to make a couple plays over the course of a game to win the football game. But do I think... A team, you know, needs a little bit of energy. It's the second quarter. Starter gets a little, rolls his ankle, needs to come out. You go in and light up a series and just stay in the rest of the game and provide that spark. Now, I do think Tua can do that. I I think he'd be a great backup, can win you a couple games here or there, hold off until a more dynamic starter like a Lamar Jackson who, yeah, he had had one bad week. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, but, But I do think this kind of bodes in my favor for the Tua argument. Oh, I think so as well. I mean, he he's just not elite in any facet of his game. Yeah, yeah he'd be a great backup. Yeah. He just showed that. He came in when the starter, now I'm not thinking, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's that much better, but when the starting quarterback got hurt, he came in, provided a spark, wins the game. Um, there weren't a whole lot of surprises. I would say Washington over Tampa Bay. I don't want to react because Tampa Bay, look, they're still 6-3, and three, still the number four seed. So it, it, it could be worse. It could be worse. The interceptions from Brady, are they hurt a little bit, and their weird um, affinity to lose to Taylor Heineke or almost lose to Taylor Heineke um, is a little bit weird. He seems to have his best games against against Brady and the Bucks. Look, that's that, that comes down any given Sunday. Ron is a really good defensive head coach. Maybe he just has, because he's been pretty successful against Brady throughout the course of his career, he probably just has a couple things here and there that just a little couple tweaks that are unique to him as a coach that just give him a little bit of an edge against Brady. Heineke provide that spark. About once every four games, Taylor Heineke looks like a top-five quarterback. The issue is the other three games, he just looks like a very, very average to below-average guy. But this was just one game. The funny thing is that two teams kind of are the the jinx team for Brady, and who would have thought that it would have been the regular season Saints and uh, (laughs) and the Washington football team? Yeah. Who would have thought? They've provided some uh, resistance to Brady and one of the only teams that have. I, I don't want to overreact for Tampa Bay. It's a good win for Washington. Um, and I, the NFC's, the, the bottom's pretty weak. Like right now, Carolina is the uh, number seven team, and they're five and five, right? Uh, so Washington, yeah, they're three and six. But, you know, they could put on a little bit of a winning streak. They're playing, uh, I want to say, Philly twice. Um, and they have a couple other weak games uh, in there. They have Carolina, so they can physically leap them. Uh, by a game, right? So they have a couple winnable games in the next five or six. They could go on a little bit of streak here. Maybe it propels them into something. We'll see. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of other surprises. I guess Carolina trouncing Arizona, but with Colt McCoy starting. Um, again, a backup comes in. The week before, the backup wins you a game and looks really good. 
But at the end of the day, he's a backup. He comes back down to earth a little bit. They lose to Carolina. It is what it is. If he could turn it over to Kyler Murray and he went one and one, he did his job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All you do is not wreck the ship. Just keep it generally kind of in the middle there. You're fine. Um, so it was, it was a backup performance from, from Colt McCoy. He's a backup. He did his job. Um, and I would say the same for Mike White. He came in, lit it up, and he came back down to earth. You know, they lose 45-17 to the Bills. <laughs> that sounds about right to me. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of other noteworthy games. Herbert kind of got limited by Minnesota. That's a, that's a good little check on uh, on Mike Zimmer's. You know, he, he's got a hot seat, so he puts a little ice cube on there for now. Um, kind of cools that off for, for right now because uh, he had a really good defensive game plan for Justin Herbert. And uh, that's about it for Week 10 in the NFL. If you want to go look at other box scores, I'd suggest downloading uh, Fox Sports or the CBS Sports app. I'm not going to sit here and read you stats. Um, that's pretty dumb. Uh, you can do that on your own. I would recommend doing it on your own. Nobody wants to listen to me say it. But those were the interesting games that stood out to us. Let's talk about Phil. Yeah. Phil Dracovic, quarterback for Boston College, just absolutely lighting it up after he's been back from injury. I think it's now his second week back, correct? He just yeah. finished his second week back. Yeah. yeah, and he threw for 310 passing yards, um, he completed two, th- two passing touchdowns, and three rushing touchdowns. Three, yeah. So he scored all of Boston College's touchdowns, actually, yeah. as they've won 40-35, to 41-35. I, I was just about to double-check that, and uh, also I know that... He got pro football focus, like I said, player of the week. Um, it, uh, we like pro football focus a lot because it kind of quantifies um, how well a player is doing. And uh, I think that's useful. I think at some point you have to look at something and be like, look, here is you know cold, hard proof of blank, whatever you're trying to prove, right? And uh, so I like pro football focus, and uh, he got best player, according to them, in college football that week. So... That, that, that's big for him, and uh, I'm trying to find the, the exact stats here. Oh, my God. The only thing I don't like about CBS Sports, uh, the app, is that it has every single game, whether it's FCS. Um, you can't hit it with a search. There it is. Boston College beats Georgia Tech 41-30. to 30. Yep. Yeah, Phil went 13 for 20, 310 yards. That's 15 and a half per, per attempt. Two touchdowns, no picks. And, and then like yeah, and then like you said, seventy one rushing yards, three touchdowns. That's a dynamic football player. He was averaging eight point nine on the ground, and then he was his QBR ended up at a two twenty eight point two. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different in college than it is in uh, the pros. One fifty, yeah, yeah, I know one fifty eight point three is perfect in the pros. I don't know what college perfect is, but still a two hundred plus is is phenomenal in college. Um Especially against Georgia Tech, that's a team that you should dominate. So it's good to see him actually, you know, dominate a team that he should. So let's talk about him potentially being drafted by the Steelers, right? So I, I think if you're Pittsburgh and you're not looking at this guy, you're doing it all wrong. You know what I mean? So first of all, let's talk from a business standpoint alone because at the end of the day, this is a business. Now I know you want to put a winning team on the field, but you you have to know what kind of guy you're getting, right? So he's a hometown guy. Instantly, you're selling jerseys with that. Instantly. I mean, as soon as he's drafted, you're selling 100,000 jerseys. Whatever your possible stock is, or whether people are just customizing, you know how you can like put the name right. and number? Yeah. Whether people are doing that or whether you actually release a jersey right off the rip, you're selling all your units as soon as it drops. You know that in Pittsburgh, you have to get somebody who's Pittsburgh tough. I've watched this guy play high school football. I watched him break his hand and finish the game. Shatter his hand. Shatter it. You remember that? Yeah, against Central Catholic. Yeah. Max ended up having to come in. Yep. Max yeah. Divini came in for like two or three plays. I'm pretty sure Phil finished that game, but then he did. the rest of the year he couldn't play, and that's when Max came in and finished off the rest of the year. Who well, Max still came in really for like two plays, handed it off twice, and then he came back out onto the field, finished the game with a broken hand like with like four or five touchdowns, won the game. Just... <laughs> He is one of the toughest guys that I've seen play. And also, the, not just on the grid. Like, he's a competitor. I've seen him play basketball as well. Competitor. So, from in Pittsburgh, you need a guy that's, like, blue-collar tough like that. You know what I mean? You need a guy that's a competitor. You need a guy that's tough, that can handle it. Phil is that guy. And so, he's a perfect fit in Pittsburgh. And you listen to his teammates talk about him. We had Jordan Crawford on the show back in May. Yeah. And, um, I mean... 
we asked him about Phil, and he said, you know, just spoke so highly of Phil. All of his teammates do. Uh, we talked to Jared Marfisi about him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, everybody that's played with Phil, I've even played with Phil a little bit. Um, yeah. But it, he was insane. Uh, and a, he still is. He's going to be great in the league, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's really going to be a difference maker. Like I said, he's dynamic. He's exactly what you're looking for at the quarterback position. Uh, I'm not saying he is Josh Allen, but you look at the prototypes of what's working right now. Trevor Lawrence, big, strong arm, can move. Josh Allen, big, strong arm, can move. Patrick Mahomes, big, strong, strong arm, can move, right? All of it. Does Phil not check every single box of what you're looking for? Yep. He has to, right? I mean, even Dak, who isn't all that big, still, generally speaking, big, you know, physical guy. He's just he's got a strong, sturdy body. Doesn't normally get hurt, right? Can move, good arm. Phil is so much more mobile than Amazing Rudolph. Oh, absolutely. That's not even. That's not even. Uh, to quote our intro, that's not even debate. I'm willing to have. That's not even close. That's yeah. not even. You know what I mean? That that's is Phil more mobile than a stationary bike? Like, yeah. So yeah, I mean. Um, and so here's the thing that actually bodes well for him. Now I don't. I never want to sit here and be like, "Oh, an injury is good." But he got hurt this past year. Probably hurt his draft stock a little bit, right? Now I know coming off the injury, he's got more hype, so that you know that could <laughs> skew what I'm about to say. But people could overlook him a little bit, having been injured, right? Having you know having to transfer, right? So it kind of takes him out of the national spotlight a little bit more, being up in Boston College. I think this bodes so well for him. Because if you're Pittsburgh, he has to be on your radar, right? Hometown guy. He played goes in to your a, stadium twice. Goes to a historic Notre Dame, has to transfer, but then lights it up at Boston College, which is a still a Power 5 school, an ACC school, playing against a couple NFL guys every Saturday, lighting it up. So he's got to be on your radar if you're Pittsburgh. Do you think he's on, like, Philadelphia's radar? Probably not. Probably not. They draft pretty early. He's probably not there. I think he's on Miami's. Miami drafts too early. I'm not sure... You know, right now, I don't think you could justify a very, very high round pick on him. I think you could, but from a scout standpoint, you come to your general manager and say, this guy was hurt, I only have, a little, I only have this much footage, had to transfer, let's take him third overall. I, I think that'd be a tough sell to a general manager, right? Plus, don't outthink the room here. Humans are lazy. <clears throat> it's a convenience factor as well. It's a convenience factor. I'm not saying that the scouts are lazy, that they don't want to travel, go around, but this dude played in your stadium two times in high school yep you've had the luxury of not even having to travel to scout this guy you could literally sit in your office at heinz field i'm assuming they probably have an office that overlooks the field yeah you could sit in your office kick your feet up on the desk and watch this guy and scout this guy while he was in high school for two years while he was like the number two dual threat quarterback in the nation you're telling me not one of the Steelers scouts looked at him a little bit while he was in high school to project i'm guessing they did exactly and he's in your backyard Yep. He's been a Steelers fan his whole life. He'd want to come here. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think he'd be a perfect fit. He's that blue-collar tough that you're looking for in a Steelers quarterback. He's the future of quarterback when you're looking at a body type and about what what he can do on the football field. I, I, I would do it. And like I said, I don't think that people are going to view him right now as a very, very high first-round pick. Now, I do think he could play his way. Look, so there's six and four right now. With Phil, I think... I think they've only lost like two games with Phil this season, maybe one or two. Right, so who's to say he doesn't finish this off, win the next two games, go eight and four? Eight and four on a tear to end the season. You could sneak your way to like the 24th, 25th spot in the college football poll, right? That probably gets you a really good, like, maybe not a, like a, definitely not a New Year's Six Bowl, but like a, just those, those pretty good bowl games, like right outside. You got like the Alamo Bowl, the Belk Bowl is generally pretty decent, right? Mm-hmm. He could play himself into a, Pretty good bowl game. Knowing Phil, I think he plays the game, right? Even if he is an NFL prospect, I don't think he's one of the guys that's going to sit it out. He's too much of of a competitor for that. Plays in semi-national spotlight, lights it up. So that that could play him into, you know, maybe like the 12 to 18 range of of the draft. But I think the Steelers are going to be drafting right around there. I think they're going to be drafting right around 16, 15, 16? Because they're 5, 3, and 1, and it looks like they might they have the potential to lose out or at most, I'd say, win two to three games. Yeah, I, I don't think they finish anything above 8, 9, and 1. So, I think that puts them somewhere around the 16th, 17th, 18th draft and spot. who's sitting right there for you I 16? think Phil will be there. 
and I think he's worth the first round pick. Is he not? I mean, oh, he one hundred percent. So, what's your succession plan? I think I would risk the first round pick over what else? What else do you have in place? Do you have? Do you even have another choice? Like, I don't. Are we? Are we riding with Haskins? Well, let's at least sit, let him see him play first. You have him right there. You might as well. But they're not. So I don't think that's the plan. It's clear Rudolph's not the plan. You gonna get Doc Hodges back? Please, God, no. I think you go out and get <laughs> Phil. I think you go out and get Phil. Yeah, you have to go get Phil. Um, he is, uh, I'd say, one of the most interesting choices as well. I mean, it would just be so cool to see. And it would be a great story. And and not just the story, but you, you have to have somebody that's going to go win you games. And he's somebody that I could see walking into really any situation winning some games. He, he's, I agree. He overcomes a lot of adversity up in Boston College. And that's one of the things we were talking about. And, uh, you know, you see these quarterbacks from smaller schools, not like small, tiny schools, but, you know, every now and then you'll get that D2, D3 guy. But, I mean, the ACC is not as well known for football if you're not Clemson, right? So, like, yeah. it, it's not like it's not like he has an Alabama offensive line to sit behind every game. He's mobile, he's running, he's keeping plays alive, making things happen keeping things alive downfield, and then forcing the ball into really tight windows because he doesn't have Alabama receivers either. They're not separating at quite the rate that, yeah, like like an LSU, an Alabama, right? I agree. Yeah. So um, he's overcome more adversity, done really well with it. I mean, we've argued this before that, like, the best uh, quarterbacks don't necessarily come out of the powerhouses, right? Like Matt Ryan came out of Boston College. He will probably get Hall of Fame votes, so I don't think he should get in right now as his resume stands. But he'll get votes. Phillip Rivers goes to like, NC State. He'll get votes. He might even get in. Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio. He will get in. Like So you don't need to come from this. Look, you look around the league. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech. Even Lamar Jackson, Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, that's a basketball school. <laughs> gets, his, gets his jersey retired there. Um, and I guess Joe Burrow, LSU. Baker, Oklahoma. But there are some bigger names. But also notice how, like, when I do name the bigger name schools, they're generally the next tier quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. like a Joe Burrow, like a Baker. They're not necessarily the elite quarterbacks yet. Right. Aaron Rodgers, Cal U. That's an elite quarterback. And then Jalen Hurts, Alabama. Yeah, and then Mm -hmm. then Jalen Hurts, Tua. Tua, Alabama. Now, Mac Jones is lighting it up, but also he's got a really good system around him. But uh, let's, let's circle back to Baker a little bit. Gets hurt. Well, yeah, it's his third injury of the year, so now he has a little bit of a book out on being, what, maybe a little injury-prone? Not injury-prone, but he gets banged up. He's not a particularly big guy, although he, if you just watched him play and you had no you know, perception of how big he was, you'd think he might be like 6'5", because he's throwing blocks with shoulders, <laughs> and he's running into defensive ends trying to trying to bowl him over. Well, because Baker has an ego, so that's exactly what you would expect Baker to do. Baker can't slide. Baker Mayfield. How are you gonna slide? He said he's gonna, you know, grab his crotch on on television. <laughs> he's not gonna slide, right? But so of course he's hurt. Oh, 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 wait! Before he was hurt, he was. Hold up, hold up. QBR of what was that? Really, really low. Let's see. Of course it's not gonna load for me. Come on! I just had a pulled up. I was just getting angry. You had a good point going too. I was just you had a lot of momentum. Angry. Yeah. Okay, right here. Yeah, Baker. Um, 11 for 21 for 73 yards, 3.5 an attempt, one touchdown, one pick, QBR at 56. Can we can we focus on this 3.5 an attempt? The coaches don't even trust him to throw the football downfield. They're like, hey, man, why don't you just throw it behind the line of scrimmage? You know? Why don't you just throw a screen pass? Screen pass, slants, easy stuff, pick and sticks where Austin Hooper goes out three steps and turns around in the middle of his own and just catches it and goes down for four yards. Baker Mayfield's not the guy. Can we can we like stop pretending like he is? Now, do I think he'll get another chance to like a Tua be you know not a journeyman, but have a chance to be maybe a bridge guy somewhere and try to re, uh, you know revitalize his career a little bit? I do think he deserves that chance because he does make some plays where you're like, oh, all right, he's got a little bit of a, uh, an arm, right? Yep. But to sit here and say that he's worth the bag and that, and that you're going to go pay him now, if he came back to Cleveland and was like, all right, how about twenty million a year? I'd be like, done, sign it. Because you're not going to, that, that's a that's too much of a bargain that you, you'd have to. But personally, I, that's what I think Cleveland would do. But personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign Baker at all. Yeah. I don't care if he comes back and says a millionaire. I'm going to draft a guy. I'm going to look at guys in free agency. I'd maybe make a play for Deshaun Watson. They have two good tight ends, two good backs. 
a lot of depth in the secondary. Some depth up front with Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. Come off season, right? Whenever trades are allowed to happen again, I don't even know what day that is, right? Maybe Deshaun Watson. Maybe make, maybe make a play for that. But Baker's not the guy. You cannot be completely average to below average with this roster. It can't happen. Look at every unit and tell me it's not a top five unit. Even even without OBJ, I would argue, okay, receivers maybe 10, but if you just do weapons as, as a whole. So let's go offensive line. That's top one. That's top one. Let's go weapons. I would go that's at least top five. Two good backs, two good tight ends, two good receivers. You've, you have two of everything. You literally have two of everything you, you might need. You have Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those are, those are some good good guys that you can throw to. And then, then they hand it off to you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Now, I get that they weren't healthy this past week. I don't care. You have a really good offensive line. Ernest Johnson is just fine. That's your third back. Are you kidding? Let's go to the defense. I would say secondary is definitely top ten. Linebacking core might be their only unit that they're not really, really good in because their defensive line is top five. You can't be five and five with that. No, not you can't. At all. You can't be five and five and completely average. Um, Baker's not the guy. We can we can pretty much stop asking that question now. Um, you don't pay him. You definitely don't pay him. And uh, I I think you go draft a guy. You go try to trade for a guy. Maybe in the off season you try to sign a free agent. Anything, but uh, Baker is not the guy. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's the uh, boys here from The Issue. We just wanted to give the guys over at Rockville a formal shout-out. Yeah, they are fantastic. They have everything from lighting to audio for your car, your boat, and power sports, along with, you know, that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. are back third segment of the issue it's been a while since we had a three segment show but hey i'll take it had a great time talking some quarterbacks in the last segment very quarterback heavy segment love it love every second of it it's probably the most interesting thing to talk about when it comes to football it's the quarterbacks i mean it's the faces of the franchise Faces of billion dollar franchises the most important position on the field the Um. future uh, faces of million dollar franchises yeah. is, uh, is going to be Phil Dracovic. Yeah. Um, we talked about him last segment and just the possibility of him maybe becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, we talked about that, it, you know, I think some chips could, could fall in, uh, in that favor when it comes to his draft position and the Steelers draft position. So something to keep your eye on. But uh, right, how about, let's get into our predictions for week 11. Let's talk about some games to keep your eye on here. Come when it comes to upsets. Now we don't pick upsets per se, but we give you, you know, upsets to watch, right? Right. So let's go with New Orleans. They're plus uh, a point and a half over. Oh my God. Yeah. So they're they're playing the Eagles, right? Okay. So they're at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is actually favored by a point and a half. Uh, we both actually picked New Orleans this week. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a safe pick. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni, a young duo, is going to go. I guess stay at home, but um, he's going to host Sean Payton. And even no matter who he has at quarterback, they're more experienced than Hurts. Now, I don't think experience is everything, but I do think it's important, especially when you have a duo that's more experienced than the coach quarterback do on the opposite sideline. Um, you see that happen a lot with, like, again, Baker and Stefanski. Do I think uh, Mac Jones at this point in his career is, is significantly more talented than Baker? Um, no, I don't. I, I, I think it's closer than... I would want to admit because I think Max playing a lot better football right now, and you know I like to rip on Baker, but um, you know I, I I do think that that the Saints have a have a pretty good chance to win that football game, and they're so they are plus one and a half points. Yep. All right, how about let's go Atlanta plus six and a half. Atlanta's actually been oh okay now it's actually to seven. Uh, so I wonder if anyone is hurt or anything like that for Atlanta. Um, anyway, so Atlanta is now a plus seven point uh, underdog at home on Thursday Night Football hosting the Patriots. Now, I do think this could be a little bit of a letdown. Patriots kind of feeling themselves, 45-7. I know Bill doesn't generally let his teams kind of slump, if you will, right? They don't they don't really get they don't really overlook teams all that often, but it is a fairly young football team led by a young quarterback. So going into Atlanta, Atlanta just got trounced, right? So a 
and Atlanta's been playing some pretty good football, right? And then they get absolutely demolished, fall out of the playoff race. They come out firing on all cylinders. Now, I don't know if they win, um, but it's an interesting line to check out. Plus seven, do I think they cover? There's a, there's a probably pretty good chance. Seven's a lot of points for a team at home against a young uh, quarterback. So I, I think it's something to look at. And uh, finally, another upset, Washington, plus three and a half. This is a game we're split on. Uh, they host, I believe, host Carolina. Yes. Oh, no, they go to Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry. Are they? Carolina okay, hosts yeah. them. Yeah, so they go to Carolina. Carolina's favored by three and a half points. Um, see, I don't think Cam's going to be 100% ready. Now, I do think he'll get see more of the field, and he might even start, but I'm not sure that he's comfortable enough to go out there and win a game against a team who just beat Brady and in pretty dominant fashion beat Brady. And also, they beat Brady by double digits. You're, you're removed from the organization for a couple of years. Things have changed. It's yeah, not things the same have playbook. It's not the same playbook. It's a completely different coach, completely different owner. Yeah, so... Uh, so but the only thing that's the same is the jersey. So. Yeah, so you, you do like Carolina. I like Washington. I think it's something to keep your eye on. And then the, the plus three and a half, so it's got the hook there with the half point. Now, I do think um, Washington wins, but I would also feel comfortable just betting on them just, just to cover the plus three and a half. Um, so those are our upset uh, to keep your eye on for the week. Three of them there for you. And uh, let's go over the other games. So let's go over our, our actual picks. Right. Let's roll down them. Oh, I did not mean to write the Falcons for my pick. I meant to write them for an upset pick. I actually wrote them for my real-life pick. That's Dang. not correct. I do still think the Patriots win. Dang. I thought I was going to catch you on a, catch you sleeping on that one for a second. Okay. So, um, <coughs> pardon me. All right, so Patriots at Falcons Thursday Night Football. Now, I do think the Atlanta might cover the plus seven, especially now that it's up to seven. Um, but I do still think the Patriots are a better football team. I think they do more things well. They have a better off the line, better defense. Um, the weapons now with uh, with Atlanta not having Calvin Calvin Ridley, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that they're as dynamic on offense, so I think the weapons are a little bit more equal. And uh, New England does everything else better, to be quite honest with you. They have a better coach. Um, and right now their quarterback's playing better than Matt Ryan, so I'm going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, I like the Patriots too. All right, how about let's go Green Bay at Minnesota. Green Bay is favored by two and a half points. Now, I would stay away from this game betting-wise because Green Bay didn't look great last week, and Minnesota consistently plays tight football games. Um, but at the end of the day, Green Bay is a more talented team. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't bet my money on Minnesota for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Aaron is uh... – wow, Kirk Cousins is playing big boy football this year. Can we stop saying that Kirk Cousins is the is the problem? Can I read you? Aaron Rodgers is... Now, I know Aaron has one last game, right? So, Aaron's 2,200 yards, 17 touchdowns, four picks. Kirk Cousins, so, again, one extra game, is... Actually, no, because Kirk hasn't had a bye yet. Or, Kirk had a bye, and the the Packers haven't. So, Packers have played 10 total games. Aaron missed one game, so he's played nine games. Kirk, they're five and or four and five, so they've played nine games, too. So, in the same amount of games, Aaron, like I said, 17 touchdowns, four picks, 2,200 yards... Kirk has 2,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, two picks. I'm sorry, but um, if Lamar Jackson was doing that, this world would be lit on, uh, lit on fire, and he would be the hands-down MVP already. Kirk Cousins is playing really, really good big boy football. Um, but I still think I'm going to take Green Bay because I think they do more things well. Um, but keep your eye on that. I, Kirk Cousins is he's playing good football. All right, well, let's go uh, New Orleans over Philly. We already said we both picked New Orleans. Uh, San Francisco going to Jacksonville. San Fran's fair by 6.5. I like San Fran over Jacksonville. Um, now, I do think Jacksonville's going to have to win another game here uh, at some point, but I'm not sure when, and I don't know who it's going to be against, and I don't think it's San Francisco uh, coming off that trouncing of the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. And right, well, let's go with uh, oh, Carolina-Washington. Like I said, you're Carolina. I picked Washington. Let's go Detroit traveling to Cleveland. I like Cleveland. A good team. Not a good team, but at least a talented team with a good coach. Um, coming off getting just absolutely rolled. They're going to be. They're going to they're come out uh, with a fire lit under them. I think they absolutely demolished the, the Lions. I don't think it's all that yeah. close. I would take Cleveland minus 10. I'm going to be honest with you. All right. How about Arizona at Seattle? You like Arizona. I think Seattle. Right? I'm putting my chips in Russ's basket here. Eggs. Chips in his corner, eggs in basket, doesn't matter. Whatever. I'm betting on Russ. Because <laughs> uh, Russ, coming off of his first shutout ever, he's going to 
he's going to come out. Oh, he's going to play, play with a little bit really, of really well. Sure. And I think he kind of shook off the rust from, you know, no pun intended, but uh, being hurt, shook off the rust there. And uh, I'm not sure Arizona Kyler coming off injury could be a little bit rusty. Who knows if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be healthy by then. They're kind of banged up right now and uh, not playing the best football. I, I like Seattle. I really do, especially at home. Uh, you know, a good, good quarterback, average coach coming off just being humiliated. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take Seattle. You like Arizona? That's one we're split on. We will see. Another one we're split on: Dallas and Kansas City. You like Dallas? I think Kansas City's back. Kansas City at home, uh, favored by two and a half points. I like that all day. And I do think an issue uh, is the Cowboys secondary. Uh, as much as I do like Trayvon Diggs, they still give up yards. And Trayvon Diggs is a big play corner. He's he's boomer bust. He's either getting that pick or he's getting burned. Yeah. And I think when you come with a guy like Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes who can kind of take advantage of any, you know, little hole when it comes to big play allowance, I guess, um, that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. I think Trayvon probably gets burned a couple times. Now he might get a pick, but I, I think he gets burned. I think that secondary gets gassed. And uh I I think Casey, you know, wins wins about six points. I don't think it's all that much. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a relatively close game. It'll probably even feel closer than that six points. Mm. You like Dallas? I though. like I like Dallas. I think their weapons are better. Um, I think their defense has been playing better. I'll give them that. I think their defense, yeah, is starting to take some sort of shape, and um, I think overall Dak is playing so far this year better than Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah, he and is. and I don't. Uh, I I know people are going to argue. People are going to. You know, everybody thinks Patrick Mahomes the best because he's being paid the most and because he's been the best over the past like two, three years. I'm sorry, but this year, Dak is playing significantly better football than Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm going to bet with the better quarterback. I think with the better overall team right now, uh, I'm going to take the Cowboys. Yeah, Dak has been playing well, but it's it's crazy to see Patrick Mahomes quote unquote down year. He's 25 touchdowns. Now the 10 picks is rough, but 25 touchdowns through nine games is nuts. Yeah, he's on almost a 50 touchdown pace, yeah. and it's his down year. Um, so he's definitely been at least at bare minimum productive. All right, how about let's go with uh, Buffalo. Uh, Indianapolis travels to Buffalo rematch that playoff game. I like Buffalo. No, I will take Indianapolis on the points. They're plus seven and a half. Uh, I'll give you that little that little bonus bet there. Um, don't want to divulge anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say Buffalo is a better team and wins that football game. But I don't. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Indy's going to be able to run the ball, um, kind of you know possession the ball a little bit, like uh, keep it away from Josh Allen. But I, I, do, I do think it's going to be a closer game than the line indicates and. Uh, but we both we both like Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Right, how about let's go Baltimore goes to Chicago. Justin Fields is going to be completely outmatched. I like Baltimore. You like Baltimore. Let's keep moving. Uh, Houston at Tennessee. Not much to say there. Yeah, Tennessee is a significantly is, better football team. Houston is abysmal. Yeah, they're not good. They're one and eight. So we'll go with uh, Tennessee there. Another one we can keep moving on. How about Miami at the Jets? I can't believe Miami is only favored by three. That's going to be a trouncing. I really, I really believe that. And that's I don't think Miami's a good football team. I just think that's how bad the Jets are. Let's get into some interesting games now. How about Cincinnati? And uh, they travel to the desert to play the Las Vegas Raiders in that really, really good 405 window. We both like Cincy. Um, they're only favored by a point. I wouldn't touch this football game. Uh, you never know what Raiders team you're going to get. If you get the the early season Raiders, oh, good Lord, since he's in for one. Yeah. Because the Raiders at home, they're in for one. But who knows what you're getting. I I think Cincinnati's been a little bit more consistent. I think Joe Burrow's playing really well. And off a bye, that's why I like Cincinnati. They're coming off a bye, and the Raiders are just in shambles. They've had some time to think about it. They've had uh, some time to scheme up some some better game plans, I I feel like. So, yeah, I like Cincy. I like Burrow. Um, Give me Burrow and Cincy. Yeah. All right. How about the uh, Steelers traveling to LA to play the Chargers? We both like the Chargers here. Yeah, and I mean it's really hard to argue the Steelers. Um, you know, you can say their defense, but their defense didn't look all that great against Detroit. Uh, I kind of like Justin Herbert a little bit better than I like Jared Goff. Yeah, um, I like their I like their coaching staff better than I like Dan Campbell as well. I like their weapons better than I like the uh, Detroit weapons. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, all around, I think it's just going to be 
I think this one could get ugly. I really do. I mean, I'm going to predict that there's going to be more Steeler fans in the crowd than there are uh, Chargers fans, but that's how it is every year. So yep. so don't get your hopes up that we're going to have like some secret home field advantage and that's why we're going to win. No. Um, I think we might get outcoached again. I think our defense might look subpar again. And I think our offense still can't keep pace. So now I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, we don't need to predict a score for this because we um, have an odd amount of splits. So somebody will win without a uh, score prediction as a tiebreaker. But just, just for conversation's sake. Give me the Chargers 34 to 19. It's going to be an absolute beat. That's actually so crazy. I just wrote down from me 33 to 20. And you're 34 19. Yeah. Great minds think alike, huh? Yeah, I I think the Steelers are going to have to settle for a lot of field goals. That's how they get to 20. Um, Yeah, 33-20, Chargers over the Steelers. And how about let's go with the Monday night football game. The Giants travel to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Um, I I like the Bucs. I think they kind of find their stride a little bit. They've had a couple rusty weeks. I think, uh, you know, having a little extra rest. Although I know know New York also has that same rest, but... um, I think I think it'll be beneficial for the Bucks to kind of kind of shower that that Washington game off, kind of bury not bury the tape, but you know what I mean, kind of get back into their the flow of things, right? Maybe get an extra day off and just it's okay, let's go, let's get back to things. I think Tampa Bay is a better football team. I think they beat the Giants, um, you know, pretty handily by about 13, 13, 14 points. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that is our predictions for Week Eleven in the NFL. We starting with the Thursday night game. Um, Patriots over the Falcons. We both predict uh, all the way down through the Monday night game with the Buccaneers beating the Giants. Just to recap, we do think the Chargers, because hometown, um, recap the hometown game. We think the Chargers are beating the Steelers. I predict 33-20. You predict 34-19. We are split. I take Washington over Carolina. You take Arizona over Seattle. I like Seattle. I like Washington. And then you take Dallas over Kansas City. I take Kansas City. So uh, we are split on three and that is about all. Yeah. yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Go subscribe to the issue mic'd up. Get those bets going. Uh, we will miss it this week. Um, you know, I will be out of town. So we will catch you guys next week. Next Wednesday, we will be back. Uh, get you everything you need to before Thanksgiving. Guys, thank you for listening. And that was the issue.